0: Helps you to understand and experience the depths of God's love for you and the entire world. Thanks for listening. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 23, 33 through 43. Glory, Glory to you, o Lord. Lord. Again, remember as we read, when have you heard this passage before? And why might we have it today? When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his cloak. The people stood by watching. But the leader scoffed at him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over it. This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept the writing and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him saying, Do not fear God since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. This man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, "Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom." He replied, "Truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise." The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Praise Praise you, Lord Christ. May be
0: seated. When do we normally hear this reading during the church year? What day of the year? Good Friday. Good Friday. Seems a bit ironic, or not ironic, that's the wrong word. Wonder what's missing, that on a Sunday that is called the Christ the King Sunday, we have a scripture reading that's about Christ being crucified on the cross. So I want to talk about what might that mean. Anybody know, and Alice, you were here Wednesday night, so you can't answer, because we talked about it during Wednesday night worship. Uh, when Christ the King Sunday started. I had to look it up also, right? So, 1925 is when Christ the King Sunday was originally instituted. It was instituted by Pope Pius XI. Now, a little bit about why Pope Pius XI felt it was needed to institute a day called Christ the King. World War I had ended, World War II hadn't begun, right? World War I, a lot of devastation and destruction throughout Europe. And so what started to rise in many countries in Europe after World War I? A lot of dictators started coming to power. Mussolini was one of the first ones in Italy. Uh, then in Russia, you had Lenin. And then Stalin came into power. And in Germany, he didn't quite have the rise of Hitler yet, but he had the beginnings of it of after the war lies being destroyed and how do we put things back together and so there is a void of power and so these dictators stepped in and started to give people what they wanted He started giving them hope maybe a misplaced hope but hope nonetheless and so Pope Pius XI saw what was going on and said wait a minute We have a king. We don't find our hope in dictators. Christ is our king. And the hope was to remind people really where hope comes from. Now, it's a simplified version of it, but that's a good little summary of why Christ the King Sunday was instituted. Rise of dictators and the church losing influence over people's lives and hope me to remind them really where are our lives ordered from. Now it wasn't originally here at the last Sunday of the church year I don't know when it was but in 1970s when it got moved to its place now right before Advent. It's kind of like the culmination of the church year. Let's all remember together Christ is King but here's the problem with it or I think a problem with the way maybe we understand it and why this scripture was chosen for it. I think there are times in which we just want to swap out one dictator for another. We just want to swap out one leader for another, right? One of the things that dictators do, they pit you against somebody else, or somebody else is pitted against you. There's a real rise of nationalism, let me tell you who your problems are, let me tell you what is the cause of those problems, it becomes a very much a us versus them mentality. And so you can rally people around it. And I think sometimes that is the way Christianity can be mistaken. It is us versus them. It is this mentality of in or out. And there is the enemy. And that's who needs to be defeated. And we simply need to win. Christ dies on the cross, doesn't he? I think Jesus is playing a totally different game. (laughs) Not even playing a game. But showing about a totally different life. That it's not simply about, are you allowed to say or not say certain things? But what is this life that we lead? We're about to enter into Advent. I mean, I know Christmas decorations have already been out in the stores since like two months ago, right? Before Halloween, they're out. But we get to Advent, we get into this Christmas season... And each year it seems there's an inevitable war on Christmas. Christmas. Can we say Merry Christmas? Can we not? In fact, it's even happening right now in Durham, right? Oh, yeah. People heard about that, right? I don't know what it used to be called, but what's their, what's their thing called this year? Frostfest. Right? Frostfest. There's no longer a Christmas tree. It's the holiday tree. And there's no longer lighting of a holiday tree. People are upset about this because you're taking away Christmas. Can I tell you the honest-to-God truth? I don't care. And I am really much, I'll be honest, happier that most of these things don't have Christmas associated with them. I'd much rather it be called Frost Fest than anything to do with Christmas. You want to know why? Does any of it have to do with anything with the birth of Jesus? No. Nothing whatsoever. I don't care if I walk into a Target and I see Happy Holidays as opposed to Merry Christmas, because, or if I say Merry Christmas to someone checking out, because most of the time we're buying three hundred dollars worth of stuff we don't need to give to people. Right? I mean, that's not what Christ. That's not what Christianity. That's not what our faith is about. If we're going to get upset about something, it should get upset about something about the things that led Christ to his death, hanging out with those who he shouldn't be hanging out with. Saying the rules of the law that are going on are opposed to what we think life should be like. If Frostfest was about feeding the poor, housing the homeless, visiting the, the, uh, the prisoner, right? Then maybe I have an issue with it. Why can't we call it Christmas? Because that's what it's really about. But when it's about lights, when it's about, you know, things looking pretty and nice, not that it's bad, but let's be honest, is that what our faith is about? Is that what it means for Christ to be king of our lives? It's not. What if Christians weren't upset about whether or not you said Merry Christmas, but they were upset about whether or not you could feed the poor? What if they were upset if they were making rules and laws about visiting the prisoner, or housing the homeless, or taking care of the immigrants, or not being able to welcome the refugee. What if that's what made Christians upset? Because those are the things, if Christ is our King, that we should be caring about. Not simply can we say, Merry Christmas, when that has nothing to do with what Christmas is really about. I don't know how many conversations I've had, and I had another one this past week. Someone who was really raised and steeped in evangelical Christianity culture, who no longer considers himself Christian. In fact, if she find out that I was a pastor, she's like, well, I'm an atheist. Good for you? Yeah, no problem with that, right? I said, how come? What led you to go from really being steeped in this evangelical Christian culture being an atheist? And there's, a, I mean, always long answers. But one of the answers I continually hear from people, and I heard it again this week, is I grew up in a church that said they, they believed one thing, and their lives led something totally different. And they didn't seem to care about the things that Christ cared about. And they got upset over things that didn't really matter. And it made me think, what really do we believe, and why are we doing this? Does that make sense? I really don't care. Merry Christmas, not Merry Christmas. Frost Fest, not Frost Fest, right? What does it mean for our lives to be Christ as our King? What would that mean for how we live? Who would we take care of? Who would we visit? Who would we love? Who would we accept? Who would we sit with and dine with? would we get rid of this us versus them language and make it out to be let me tell you who is the enemy right and blame them for our problems as opposed to love our enemy pray for those who persecute you welcome them in understand we're as guilty as anybody else and I'll be honest I have a hard time standing up here preaching all of this stuff because it's easy to talk about isn't it What's a lot harder? Okay. Oh. That's why I'll be the first one to say I'm the chief hypocrite. <coughs> By far and large, I'm the chief hypocrite. Because I'm really like well, I think I'm good at talking about it. <laughs> good about talking, maybe. But how about leading it? What about being proactive? What about saying this is what it means to have Christ as our King? It means we don't just confess with our mouths, right? We lead with our lives. What kind of world would that create? Right? Because our hope is, while we said Jesus isn't playing that game, the hope is in Christ's life, death, and resurrection, we know the outcome, don't we? God wins, if you want to use that language. In the end, all is restored. Our job as Christians is to live as if that day has already come. Live as if that day has already come. We know we're accepted, so we accept others. We know we're loved, so we love others. God has served us, so we can serve others. Right? And it's hard, and it's good. That's what means for Christ to be our King. Amen. That's the sermon for this week. We hope from it you learned a bit more about God's love for you and the world. Please subscribe and rate our podcast to help us be found by and reach more people. Thanks for listening, and don't forget, you are loved.